Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington, Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by StonehillWealthManagement.com. Today, Philip talks about investing in private businesses. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, brought to you by StonehillWealthManagement.com and WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. And today's episode is actually, we're going to be, I'm going to do um, some episodes on, on, on this topic about investing in private businesses, because we're, we're expanding our offerings at Stonehill to offer due diligence consulting for private investing, because What's what's happening in the world? If you if you look at if you look at the history of of money and investing, like there's big major shifts that happens as there's just big major shifts in the way people think about investing in money. And private equity for a while has been reserved for very wealthy people. And when I say Private equity, I'm also talking about, I'm lumping in venture capital, right? One of them is earlier stage than the other. Let's not get into all that. Let's just call it private equity for simplicity purposes. But investing in privately held businesses as opposed to publicly held businesses is coming mainstream, right? It used to just be reserved for the wealthy, right? Just like stock investing was just observed, uh, reserved for the wealthy. Um, and so that's coming mainstream. I, the, the level of... Um, High income uh, clients that have been investing in private deals uh, that I've been working with over the last couple of years has, you know, has been upticking, right? And so I would, on a one off basis, kind of give my perspective on uh, what they're investing in. But, you know, it occurred to me I should probably offer a due diligence package because uh, the I've, I've had clients that have, that have their wealth exploded, uh, explode, I mean. And they're getting offered tons and tons of deals, right? And so they are good people. They have a good heart, you know, um, and they want to help. And just like I helped them with their investments in, in the publicly traded markets by giving them a process that we use to select investments based on their goals and objectives and risk tolerance, I'm just going to apply that to the private market because, like, investing is investing. It doesn't matter if it's a... If it's a seashell, uh, digital invisible coin, <laughs> a company, right, public or private, you know, there are just certain principles that you use to evaluate investments. And I'm just going to apply that to the private world uh, for a fee, of course, um, to clients that are looking to invest in p- privately held business because that's going to happen more and more, right? Especially because banks are freezing up on, they're not lending as much as they used to. Um, uh, companies, you know, need capital before they go public, and the public market is just f- filled with companies that over the next decade are probably not gonna uh, beat inflation. Don't get me wrong; there are lots of them who will, and we're invested in quite a bit of them. You've heard me talk about Web three AI, um, not even not just Bitcoin, but the companies that are public 
like Bitcoin miners that you can invest in. So there's still opportunities, but the majority of the market cap of the public stock market and companies in there are just probably not going to jump the inflation hurdle. So public equity investing is going to continue to get uh, bigger along with the financialization of everything, which I'll get into in a different topic. So these are going to be principles that I use to evaluate uh, private companies. So let's let's get into it. And I'm going to probably build these out in details detail in 2024. Um, as we as we continue down the 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 trail, so first thing you want to do is you want to understand the business idea, right? So uh, the market potential, the unique selling points of the business, and how they uh, fit into their industry. And so um, there are certain principles that uh, every business operate on, but this specific topic you want to understand how, how they fit you know how they're exercising the principles within the context of an industry i want to give a simple idea of like a restaurant right like a restaurant so so simple simple restaurant idea might be okay i want to invest in a restaurant and so you might go all right what is the market potential of this restaurant or how big is the opportunity right uh, what makes this restaurant unique is it is it in trend with where the industry is going. And so for me, when I look at the business idea um, and what de-risks a good business idea for me, and maybe we'll get into de-risking later, but I'm going to lump it in here, is um, is uh, I'm, I'm looking for business ideas that are unique with a big market potential and that are ahead of their industry, right? That's how I might put a business in this category that makes me check this box and feel good about it. Assessing risk and return, right? So this is evaluating uh, the risks involved in the industry, which this is where, you know, this is where a good wealth manager that does this is probably going to be the most valuable because um, balancing optimism, right, with analytical skills is a skill, right? You know, you, you I'm super optimistic as people who listen to my podcast know, but I also look at it through uh, an analytical eye because, man, who, you know, like there's lots of good ideas, but you want to make sure that you assess all the risk so that you can, um, I, I call it like, like if it's, if it's super risky, it needs to be offering me a very high return potential, right? If it's, and, and, and so I compare my opportunities based on that, right? I want something that's in an ideal world that is a no-brainer, right? And and the, the, the biggest risk is just the market is slow to change, right? The, the mind of the market is slow to change. Like that's, that's something where uh, our only element that to solve for is time, right? So time, but we've identified all the risk. We, we can accept them and we can mitigate them and we can still invest because we're just letting time play out and allowing the market to change its mind. And as it changes its mind, it sees the opportunity and our business becomes more and more successful. So that's another idea. Financial due diligence, right? Scrutinize the aspects of the business. So uh, revenue projections, expenses, cash flow statements, right? This is getting to the details of saying, I'm going to give an example. Like in this environment, uh, you know, uh, you, you can look at the uh, 
a business and look at their financials and go, all right, what are their expenses? And then given that we're in an inflationary environment, are these the type of expenses that are likely going to get larger, right, as the, the macroeconomic picture plays out? And what will that do to the profits, right? And is this risk being addressed by the business owner? This leads to the next one, which is management team, right? So is the management team even aware? As I go through this stuff, is the management team even aware of it, right? Have they addressed it in the deck that they've given us? When we talk to them, right, do they have answers for it? Are they defensive, right? How, how competent and confident is the management team, right? Is the management, this is important. Is the management team nerds, right? Or are they nerds with imagination, you know what I mean? Because, and I, I, I delineate that because there's people with just imagination, which are just blind, which are just super optimist, and then there's just nerds, which are just data people, right? I want to find a management team that are either a, a, a collective team of nerds with imagination, right? Because that is the balance I feel like you need to to build a great business. Um, um, the heart is all is a given, right? If the heart's not there then there's there's no profit without love, right? So they need to love the business and love what they're doing. And you can feel that um, exit strategy, right? So this is understanding. Um, and this, this one, this was one where I was like, oh, this is why I studied all those, like all those years of boring seminars and classes on like exit planning and all that kind of stuff. It aligned for this, you know, for this purpose. But this is like, when we invest in a business, how are we going to get out, right? Is it going to be an IPO? Is it going to be an acquisition? Is it going to be a buyback? Are we going to get, you know, bought out by the management team, right? Like, what is what is the plan? What are the options, right? And understanding that as you invest into it, because you don't want to invest in something and um, uh, and it does well, but you can't get out because you didn't understand the exit strategy or they didn't have an exit strategy, Right. And so like your money's locked up in there. So that's going to be super important. Uh, Does it align with your goals? Um, This is a big one because with with money, with more money, if people are honest with themselves, like your our our ego loves when we're asked to invest in private companies. Right. You know, you're like, oh, man, I'm I'm a big shot. You know, I'm you know, I'm the. I'm the pretty person at prom. Like everybody wants to dance with me, right? And that, and and right. It, I, man, I love and people feel good. That's cool. But um, you want to you want to focus that through like your goals, right? So like, so you're getting asked for money, but don't do. It's 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 a wise thing to not let the ego take you out of alignment with your goals and where you're doing. And so um, you want to make sure that it's aligned with your goals uh, and what you're doing. Diversification, right? This is, that's a, that's a no brainer, right? This is a actually a pretty good diversifier. If you have a business, you know, public equity portfolio, some, some crypt, some, some Bitcoin or crypto, some real estate, just private equity is a, um, another good diversifier and then risk tolerance, right? So this is, this is going to be, um, uh, looking through the different investment opportunities and earlier I was mentioning uh, um, sizing up the risk of the investment right with the potential return right understanding your risk to- so the 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 tricky part to investing in private equity is everything appears to have the same perceived risk because 
you don't see market fluctuations, right? You invest and there's no ticker symbol fluctuating the equity. And so you you have to understand the business, right? And the math and the money and the risk in the management team to assign a risk to it. So this is the due diligence process, right? And so as you, as you go through it and you can assess the risk, um, then you can assign a premium to it, right? So, so, so I've seen so many people invest in a, uh, I give an example. I knew uh, a wealthy uh, person that, and, and, and they were not worth 10 million, but they had a few millions, right? So respectably wealthy. Uh, pause. Again, as you know, everybody's wealthy in my book. I'm talking from a number standpoint, so respectably wealthy. But they invested a, a big chunk of their wealth, like $100,000, which is a big chunk of the wealth for somebody who is worth a few million bucks. Uh, they invested it into a healthcare business. Uh, and I, I... Maybe because I was like, how how old was I? I was like early 30s, right? And I've always been pretty sure of myself. So looking back, I'm like, they they probably were looking at me like, who is this cocky 30-year-old telling me that I shouldn't invest? He didn't even have 100 grand. How is he going to tell me, right, to, to not invest in this? But what they were not aware of is that, like, I, I've been living, eating, and breathing finances and money for a long time. So for me, like, stuff isn't, I'm already an intuitive thinker. Right. So I had so much data about it, like it just was intuitive. But the the facts were, and I shared this, was like we were uh the healthcare industry was in a bubble, everybody was investing in it, so valuations were high, right? The deal he was investing in was a pretty big operation, and they were asking him for a hundred thousand. So that's a flag for me in the money management industry because I'm like, hi man, if they're this big. And they're asking you for a hundred grand. It sounds like their funding is dried up, right? Because when a when a bubble happens in an industry, banks start getting tight with money, and you don't want to invest in a company where banks are getting tight with money because if it, because if they're, if they're going after a hundred thousand uh, dollar small numbers of money, they're like more times than not they are at a cash grab scramble, right? Um, and and so what that means is not that you shouldn't invest in it, but that means that like you ought to be like negotiating terms, like you're in a power position, right? You need to be getting you a good valuation if you're going to invest in it, but you got to assess the risk. You got to do the due diligence to make sure, right? Because I'm I'm all about like, there's a price that de-risks a lot of risky strategies, but that was not even in the conversation. That particular person was just to be happy to be, to have the pleasure to invest in that thing because all of his rich friends were investing in private companies, right? And so this due diligence process is going to help the ego that feels great about being asked about <laughs> investing in private deals and give you an actual process, right? Fast forward, yeah, the guy lost 100 grand, right? That the company did not survive that. And I'm I'm there's a lot of other factors that went into it that I didn't discuss, but this is why Investing in private equity is going to be a bigger and bigger thing for more people. But if you don't have a process, like the level of terrible private business ideas that are out there that are coming at people that feel good about investing in private businesses, right, are going to get crazy, right? So there's a lot of money that's going to be lost uh, in the in the next uh, period that we're moving into. And so if you need help, 
CoastalHillWealthManagement.com. Reach out to us. We are here to help you. Yeah, till next week. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.